Galatians chapter 2. How's everybody? Good. Ita. Like ko excited mawalik. Maraming maraming galagot sila sa kuwa ba? Are you good? Good. So I'm excited to open the Bible. Galatians chapter 2 verses 11 to 21. If you need coffee, we don't have a coffee. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Maybe next time. And if you did a little bit and a little bit of encouragement to, uh, tonight, this afternoon, as we come to this word, I believe the Lord will encourage us and the Lord uh, will be with us uh, this um, night as we come to study His word. Galatians chapter two, verse eleven to twenty-one. I want to read it and let's dive into a word for tonight. Okay? Konanamo, say the word, word. Again, animal. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 to 21. But when Cephas, or Kepas, that's Peter, by the way, Apostle Peter. When, when Kepas from Antioch came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain main men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas or Kepas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We are self Jews by birth. And not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believe in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. Never the, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. It's kind of a Very complicated verse, very struggling passage to, to expound this uh, tonight. But let's ask the Lord's wisdom and then let's dive in and just ask the Lord to teach us, okay? Would you pray with your submit, pray for yourself and pray for us as we study your word, okay? So let's pray together. Father, right now we are opening your word and we are acknowledging that your word is inspired and we cannot understand it on our own. So we need you, blessed Spirit of God. To come right now, teach us, illumine our hearts, illumine our minds. And as we come, help us to understand what you want us to understand, especially about the gospel. Help us to be rooted and grounded in the gospel. Enable us to come humbly before you, to sense that you are here, that your presence is here, and your love and grace is real into our lives. Save us from religion, save us from legalism, and bring us into your grace, Lord. Change us, transform us by your grace and love. We ask this in your power and in your grace. Amen. Amen. Let me begin by telling you a story because I believe this is very complicated. So a story would help us set our passage. All right? I heard a story about a girl named Alice who bought a parrot. Okay? And so a parrot, usually, if you bought a parrot, you don't bought just a parrot. You bought a parrot that will talk. 
right? You expect a parrot will talk. So, expect siya, pag ito niya sa pet shop, because ang naka-excel, mangkod kaya ang parrot mo talk. So, pag, pag dala niya sa parrot sa iyang balay, eventually, natingala siya, nga ang parrot wala dyan nag-talk. So, nandito siya sa pet store the next day, and nireklamo siya sa pet shop, nga nga ang parrot wala nag-talk. And nga nga suggest ang owner sa pet shop, why not buy a ladder? A small ladder in the cage of the parrot, maybe the parrot could talk. So, nipalit siya ladder, okay? Kikuha niya ang ladder, gibutang niya ang ladder sa cage, and then eventually, the next day, wala gapo nag-talk ang parrot. Okay? And ibalik siya sa shop. And then siya, what happened? Wala magyapo ka nung, wala magyapo nito ang parrot. So, siya, maybe you try to buy a swing, a small swing, okay? So, from a ladder, you bought a, you bought a swing. And so, pag atubot niya sa balay gapo, wala gapo nag-talk ang parrot. Ladder, and then swing, and then he goes back the next day, and then, and then ang owner, maybe try to buy a mirror. Maybe a parrot wants to say, himself, and makatok na siya, makitag mirror, gamay nga mirror, sige, butang niya ang mirror sa cage. Then the parrot still, what? Did not talk. And then later on, he buy a shiny miniature plastic tree. A little tree. Still the parrot did not talk. Okay? And then he bought a shiny little parrot toy. Okay? And then the parrot did not talk. And then Sunday came. Imagine, pila na to kadeza. Binalit niya. And the Sunday came, and Alice was crying in the front of the store as he waited for the store to open in the morning. And as the owner opened, he was shocked because he saw Alice along with the cage. There's a parrot, and the parrot was dead. Okay? And then, the and Alice came to the owner sobbing and crying and said, my parrot was dead. My parrot was dead. And the owner said, did he not talk? Really? Even once? And the owner, and Alice said, actually he talked after, before his, her last breath. Before namatay ang parrot, naay one word ang parrot. Kapalukang say one word sa parrot? The parrot said, food. Alright? Because wala siya day kaon, Alright? That story reminds us that nothing can replace, no amenities can replace the need for food. Right? No maroon sa mga amenities ni may sa cage, if the parrot has no food, then it's nothing. Right? And I believe that many Christians in our lives as well, the reason I tell that story is that we fill our lives with so many amenities in our life or activities, and we forget the main thing. And when we forget the main thing, eventually become spiritually dead. You know, and many Christians fill their lives with church activities and good causes without being fed and grounded in the gospel. And let me tell you tonight, nothing can replace the gospel in our life. You can fill your life with activities like Bible studies, which is good. Uh, like, whatever Christian activities, which is good, you know. Um, because as a church, we, you, we, we can offer you a lot of activities, seminars, conferences, so on and so forth. But if you're not feeding your soul and your spirit in the gospel, in Christ, nothing can replace that. You will live lives like the parrot. So many amenities, so many activities, and yet there's no life in our soul. And the reason I... I give that as an introduction is because I meet a lot of Christians, you know, discouraged, burned out, frustrated, confused. 
And mm-hmm. may nagsulang, actually, pastor, ga-church ko sa una. May nailahan mga stories. Well, like, ga-church ko sa una, nang church But you know what? Burnout kay ko dito. Kay dagan kay mga expectation. Dagan kay may nangunaani. And I realized that somehow, they miss the point of Christianity. They miss the heart what it means to be a Christian. For them, they think Christianity is about activity here, activity there, full of activities. I mean, you think you have a lot of activities, you think you're doing the Christian life. It's not. You can do a lot of activities as a Christian and yet you can miss the heart of being a Christian. I will tell you that because I meet a lot of Christians frustrated, depleted, dry, burnout. And this is not the picture that Jesus is laying down to us in the New Testament. What does it mean to follow Him, right? Is it a picture of what it means to be a Christian? Depleted ka, dry ka, burnout ka, you, you want to backslide? That's not it. And maybe somewhere along the line, atong picture sa Christianity is not really the Christianity of the Bible. We miss really the heart. Maybe just like a parrot, we put activities after activities in our life and we miss the heart of what it means to be a Christian. That's why we become spiritually dead. As the church historian and theologian named Richard Loveless in his book, The Dynamics of Spiritual Life, this is what he observed with, with a lot of many Christians in the West. And the in the West, I think this is a lot of many Christians like us as well. Okay? He said that, he said that as he observed Christians uh, in Asia, below the surface, of their lives below the surface if you look at the deeper parts of the christians li- christians lives are guilt ridden and insecure guilt ridden and insecure and they draw assurance of their acceptance with god from their sincerity their past experience of conversion and their recent religious performance or the relative infrequency of their conscious willful disobedience in other words many christians now but deep inside, they're filled with guilt and insecure because they still measure up their life, their acceptability based on their performance. I think God loves me and God smiles for me in heaven. Why? Because naka-devotion ko ron, naka-buhat ko aning mga duty, you know, naka-basa ko Bible, naka-atin, which is very important. But somehow they miss the point. But that is not the basis of our acceptability to God. And so many Christians don't love, don't have joy, don't have that, that passion for God, that gratefulness for God, that freedom and liberty because they're filled with guilt because they measure their acceptability through their... Well, well, I think I'm okay now because And so they are so focused on themselves. And I can, I can meditate on that, ver- in that statement. And I experienced that in the past. And I think you think you experienced that in the past as well. That sometimes there's a little bit of temptation, even though we know we are saved by grace. There's a little bit of temptation to measure ourselves based on what we do. Right? Sometimes we think, I think, I think, grabe siya ang blessing ni Lord. Kaya nga karon ng month, perfect siya akong attendance sa church. Okay? Amazing siya kaya I think there will be a breakthrough. <laughs> I think there will be a blessing. I think the Lord will answer my prayer. And sometimes we, we have a temptation to, to think that way and the problem is, when you live a life like that, eventually you will lead to performance, legalism, and then you will be burned out because you measure your life based on yourself and your performance. And that is not the heart, what it means a Christian. And, and I believe the reason why we struggle, and I struggle, and maybe we struggle, as you look up in your Christian life, because I still compare myself to other Christians. 
You know, I'm still envying other Christians. And you are not enjoying what we're singing in the song that we're living in freedom, we have the joy and freedom. That's not true in your life. I don't know. Maybe that's your struggle. Your problem is not behavior. Your problem is not, I wish I behave like this, I wish I do this like this. Your problem really is something deeper than behavior. It's a belief. And it's a failure to failure to understand and apply the gospel in our life. And I believe the root cause, ang pinakaugat sa tanan na problema as a Christian, we don't experience the liberty and the freedom that the gospel brings, that the Bible teaches us, is because deep within our heart, we failed to apply, to ground ourselves in the gospel. Okay, and the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to explain that because I think some of you may think, gospel, di ba? Ang gospel, pararaman na sa mga non-Christians, pararaman sa mga dili Christians, di ba? Mag-ikam na, ishare na to ang gospel for non-believers. Gospel, pastor, dili na ko dapat ishare ni Moana because graduate na ko, Ana. And usually, that's what we think about the gospel, right? That the gospel is for, if you're not yet a Christian, you need to believe in the gospel. Sure, you need to believe in the gospel, but kung Christian ka, move on na ka sa mga elementary things like the gospel, and then you try hard, you, you try to learn deep theological truths, and you try to do this and do that, whatever, practical things, practical Christianity, and you move on from the gospel. You graduate from the gospel. Let me tell you, that's wrong. And that's the reason why you're struggling. <laughs> because it's a failure to understand the gospel in your life. When we fail to build our lives in the gospel of Jesus, you don't depart from Christ as a Christian. Jesus, just, Jesus is not just a gate to enter. He is the road we walk. He is the way in which we thrive every day to walk. And so, if we fail to build our lives in the gospel, the problem is we replace it with other things other than the gospel. We replace it with this. We replace it with... Sige pa, kayo animate na ko na, okay? We replace it with activism. This, we fill our lives with activity, you know? Volunteer here, volunteer there, which is really good. We encourage you to volunteer, right? Volunteer here, volunteer. Grabe, active kayo. Volunteer sa ikam, praise God, okay? Amazing kayo. I'm Power, passion. Problema is, I've seen a lot of Christians so active. And then they fail. Because their rootedness is not in Christ. It's not in the gospel. It's in the activity. Because activity can give you hype. You know, ministry can give you hype. Problem is, you are replacing Christ with ministry and activity. It's called activism. And the gun ka mga Kristohano na na so-called professing Christian who goes to church, enjoy kisila because, you know, they can't participate in this activity, which is really good. Not no bad, but sometimes it replaces the gospel and Christ in their life. Kedo what is that there's what we call legalism. This is what we call Christians who built their lives around some certain rules. Wow, I think I'm okay because devotional in this morning, check. Prayer this morning, 517, check. Okay? Uh, I do this, check. I have a small group, check. And they measure their lives by this rule keeping. And they think they're okay with God because somehow I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. That's called legalism, by the way. You try to measure your spirituality based on what you do and you perform. Problem is, eventually you get burned out because you focus on yourself too much when you do that. Kedua, ay katulo, 
It's mysticism. These are Christians who built their lives, who built their faith in their experience. These are mga people nga ganahan sa mga concert, concert, conference, conference. Kaya nga, no, mamakahype, mga conference. May ganyan sila. Every time, mga pagkong conference, pastor, grabe sila mga feel. The presence is real. Okay? I sense the presence. These are the people who want emotional hype and experience. Problem with emotion is sometimes it is there, sometimes it's not. And there are a lot of our generation as Christians, grabe ang emotional hype ang ginaapas. Ginaapas na emotional hype, okay? And sometimes not rooted in Christ, rooted in the gospel. And so kung nai hype, kung nai joy, nai lingaw-lingaw, naarado na sila. Pag wala na, wala na bud. Back at reality, okay? Back to reality, right? And another thing is that you can build our lives if we forfeit, if we are not intentional building our lives in the gospel. We can build a lot in biblicism. Now, biblicism is this idea that because I know a lot facts about the Bible, I know kung kinsa tong memorize na ako ang mga anak ni Noah, memorize na ako tananam sa mga verses, which is really good. You need to know the Bible, okay? Problem is, you think the biblicist Christian who built their lives around that, they think that more knowledge in the Bible is always equivalent to more spirituality. You know? And he knows a lot. Problem is, it could be a superficial replacement of Christ and the gospel in our life. Because I meet a lot of people who are so knowledgeable and yet so, you know, proud sometimes of their knowledge of the Bible. Okay? And there's no Christ-likeness in their life. Another, lastly, dili na ko ganahan, makagilty na kayo, okay? I think wala mo na ego anitanan. I think exempted mo anitanan, okay? And pastor, wala ko karelate anitanan. I think, layo ito kayo na sa kuwa, Okay? Last is socialism. Socialism, I, as I think, these are Christians who built their lives not on Christ, but built their lives on their friends with the friends who are Christians. Okay? This is a temptation if you have a nice small group. Okay? This is a temptation kung nice bibo kanyang small group. Lingaw kay mo, you know, enjoy here, enjoy here, activity here, activity there. And you're so encouraged. I, I, that's good to be honest. And we encourage that in this church. Problem is, you build your lives around that and not on Christ. Pag mawala ni mong small group, wala na buka. And that's the problem. That's why I'm reminding you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is this, do not build, these are, this, some of these things are important. Don't build your lives around it. Never make it as a replacement to grow and be founded and to be rooted in the grace and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Because you never depart from the gospel. And if you fail, and if you try to build your lives around it, you will experience these things. You will experience deadness, dryness, and disillusionment. You're always insecure as a Christian. You don't have joy because you're always filled with guilt. Oh, kung wala na kay guilt, you are numb to your failures. You always reason, ah, it's grace, by the way. It's grace, you know. I don't know how you struggle. I don't know how you handle that. Sometimes we become dead, dry, and disillusioned because we forfeit. We forgot to build our lives on the gospel. So tonight, in the passage that we are talking about, we need to learn three things. How to build our lives on the gospel. How to be rooted in the gospel. To be grounded in the gospel. Not just to fill our life with activities. Which are good activities, by the way. But it is not our replacement to root our lives in the gospel. Okay?
So three things in our passage. First, in order to root ourselves in the gospel, we need to understand first the heart of the gospel. Okay? Ra? We need first to understand the heart, the core of the gospel. Okay? Galatians chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. Ngayon si Paul. Jump ta ha? Jump ta sa verse 15 to 16. Ngayon diya? We, ngayon si Paul, ourselves are Jews. He's talking about Peter and the Jews, okay? Because gadibati sila ano nga panahon, time, ano nga section. Unyara na ko explain ay laha mga confrontation na. Later on na na sa next point. At first, focus sa taan we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is what? Not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believe in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one shall be justified. Now, let, let's have a quiz. On say word, I'm repeat it. Justified and law, right? So it's very important. Let's study the word justified. Now, in order to understand the word justified, this is a little bit technical term, but forgive me, we need to study a little bit of technical, okay? Theology class, okay? A little bit, okay? The word justified, in order for us to understand the word justified, we must understand the opposite of it. The opposite of justified is actually condemned. If you are not justified, you're condemned. Okay? Now, to be justified means to be declared righteous. Not just not guilty, but to be declared righteous as a person who fulfilled the law. Right? And the opposite condemn, it's also it means to be declared guilty. Okay? Now according to the Bible, and according not just the Bible, in your own conscience, all of us in this room are all guilty. Let me tell you that. Ayaw, ayaw pag excuse, okay? You and I are guilty before God. Why are we guilty? Because of the law. God gave us a law, and this law is so holy and so perfect, no sinful human being can obey the law in his own capacity. Because so holy and so perfect, because it reflects God. The law reflects God. And because we are sinners, we can never, never, never really fulfill the law. All of us are guilty. Deep within our hearts, you know you're guilty. Deep within our hearts, you know there's something you need to do and yet you're not doing it. Deep within your hearts, you know you need to be generous but you're not. You're selfish, right? Deep within your heart, you know you need to forgive. But sometimes you hate people instead of forgiving people, right? You know it in your heart. Deep it in your heart. You know, dapat dili ka mo lang tao, anong mga butangan, dapat lang tao. But you are tempted to look at the things kaya masarap ang bawal, right? Deep it in your heart. You know you're a sinner. You know you're guilty. You and I, we fail things. We fail to do what we are called to do. Deep it in your heart. And it's it's the struggle of a human heart. It's a uni- universal struggle. It's a struggle of guilt. Struggle of shame and struggle of condemnation deep within your heart. All of us have struggled that. And so the greatest need and, or the greatest question that we need to answer is not how God can heal me of physical illness or cancer. That's not the greatest question. The greatest question is not can God give me a boyfriend or girlfriend kasi ginakong church. It's not the greatest question. The greatest question is not 
Can God bless me with a job that's nice, that can give me a lot of money? That's not the greatest question. That's not the first and foremost question that you need to answer. You know what's the first question that you need to answer? In light of this reality, the first question you need to answer is this. How can a condemned, guilty sinner like us stand justified, be declared righteous in the sight of a righteous and holy God? That's the most important question, not healing question, not bless me question with money, you know. Many Christians, muna ilang paglandaw sa ginooba. That's not, that's not the main thing. The main thing is, can you stand righteous in a, can you stand and be declared righteous in a holy and righteous God? Because to be honest, all of us are guilty. All of us have sinned. Your mama, your papa, your lola, and your lolo have sinned. And we are guilty. We are building a foundation right now. Okay? So, how would you answer this question? How can you be justified before God? How can you be declared righteous? This is our greatest need. This is your greatest need. More than anything else in the world. In fact, this is the root of your problem. Were two choices You can be justified by works of the law or you can justify it by faith in Jesus Christ. You can be declared righteous by trying to obey the law. And by the law, my goodness, the law means the entire law of the Bible, the Old Testament. And technically, the Old Testament has 613 laws and it's divided into three basic categories. First category, there's what we call the moral law, which is illustrated in the Ten Commandments, thou shall not, thou shall not. Are you familiar with that? Okay? You must obey all the law. Dapat dili ka mapili. Okay ko ang number five. I think dili ko okay sa number six, number seven. Dili ka, you must obey in order to be righteous. Kaya kung dili, obey ang usara ka law, you're not righteous. Okay? You need to obey. So moral law, ikaduwab, there's what we call the civil law. This is the law in Israel, a citizen of Israel. Okay? justified by the law. You need to obey the civil law. Okay? Third, you need to obey the ceremonial law. The ceremonial law is there is something, there's a food that you cannot eat and there's a clothing that you cannot wear. So mga Israel, grabe ka na sila. Na clothing, ako yung anay klase nga clothing, bawal na sa ila, kayo maanclean sila. Na ay food, nga dapat nga ilang i-avoid. For example, lechon, bawal dyan na, lechon. Okay? Um, any, any, any food and there's a lot in the Bible in the Old Testament that ginabawal ang mga food especially a food for example bisag chicken and then wala na naagi in a kosher process a kosher process is i-drain ng blood dapat before mukhaon ang usakadyo dapat walay blood and kung wala na na blood that's what called kosher okay that's called kung sa Muslim pa na halal okay that's mean you can eat it but kung Kung napay a little bit blood, now you can become unclean. And to be honest, if you were a Jew living in that day, it's hard to keep the ceremonial law. It's hard. 613, moral, civil, and ceremonial. It's hard. You cannot be righteous by keeping the law. And that's why people, by the works of the law, no one will be made righteous. No one will be justified. My goodness, you cannot work the law. You cannot obey the law. So the only option you need to have is what? You need to depend on Christ. You need to put your faith in Christ. Okay? Here's why. Because when Christ came, Christ fulfilled all the laws. 
In fact, He fulfilled all 613 laws, the ceremonial law, the civil law, all the law in the Old Testament. Jesus Christ came and He said to us, I am the fulfillment of the law that you cannot keep. I did everything. Okay? Kumbaga, illustration eh, kung classmate mo ni Jesus, kita tanan ang classmate niya, okay? Na classmate na to siya. Siya, tanan nga exam, perfect. Okay? Kita, tanan na to yung exam, mga bubo mga guta, okay? Perfect, uh, imperfect siya ta, okay? Sama ba, zero over 100, you know, bubo siya, zero over 100, 50 over 100. Pero si Jesus, all the way, 100 over 100. Ang gibuat ni Jesus is that when we put our faith in Christ, is tanan nga record niya, so good sa first grading until sa last nga grading, anyone who put his who put in his faith in Jesus Christ, all those record will be put into your account, credited to you. That means, when you put your faith in Christ, God looks at you as if, not just, not guilty, as if you fulfill every demands of the law in the Bible. That's amazing, right? Maybe dili mo kakuha ng grading mga school. Atagan mo another illustration. Illustration ni sa call center ni illustration, okay? How about sa call center, si Kara nagkasakit, okay? Dili ra si Kara, lalaki, okay? Si Neil Mark. Si Neil Mark nagkasakit. And then, kaya may gumamini ko, Neil, ako duty sa imuha. Gamito na ako imong mga tanan, pero ang benefits na sa imuha, okay? Paingon sa imong account. Uh, mga reward, paingon sa imong account. Anything that accomplished, paingon sa imuha. Deal? Insa yung response? Oh, God. Deal, Right? Dili na ko mo duty, pero tanan as if ni duty ko in His part. That's what Christ did for us. That's what we call justification. We cannot accomplish the law, but Christ accomplished it for us. And so that in the eyes of God, we give Him our sin. He give us His righteousness. He give us His account. That's what we call justification. So that right now, right now, as you sit down and listen to me, right now, God doesn't look at you based on your performance, reading the Bible, doing this, doing that. He looks at you based on the clean pure, perfect record of Jesus Christ. That's good news. Okay? That's why, kasi doon ang dili na kamay ko, dili, dili juga ko worthy, pastor, no? Sagol kay ko. You no longer look on yourself. You look to Christ. Christ is your perfect record. You don't have a perfect, I don't have a perfect record. So why look in yourself? Look to Christ. That's what it means to have faith in Christ. It means to be justified in Christ. Tonight, if you are here and you're not a Christian, don't look to yourself. Don't look to your performance. Don't look like, maybe okay na ko si Ginoo, kaya nga naman, si Gigo Kuksimba na rin. Don't look to it. You are never righteous. You will never be righteous ever, ever, ever. But Christ is righteous enough. He is enough. Look to Him. Trust in Him. As the hymn writer says, Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply, to the cross, I cling. Look to Him. That's what it means to be justified in Christ. That's the heart of the gospel. Okay? And maybe, mingan ka. So, unsan ay pulo sa works run? Unsan ay pulo sa performance? Well, let me give you. Because in this passage, Paul gives us an order. Imply, by implication, he gives us an order. You need to understand the gospel because you cannot ground yourself unless you understand the heart of the gospel. Let me say it like this, okay? In religion, in moralistic religion, it's, it's this. I obey. This is religion. This is not Christianity. This is the religion around us. Okay? I obey. Therefore, I'm accepted by God. It's religion. 
most of us live like that, right? In the past, some Christians are tempted to live like that. It's moralistic religion, okay? In grace, in Christianity, in the gospel, it is this. I'm accepted by grace, therefore I obey. There's a big difference. Religion, I do this, I do this, I do this. Hope timbangon sa gino, good deeds. I think I'm accepted because mas dagan akong good deeds, okay? That's not Christianity. That's religion, okay? Christianity is I'm accepted by grace, therefore I'm obey. Another, in moralistic religion, it means this. Your obedience is always anxious and selfish. If you try to be justified by your performance, by your obedience, kabalo ka sa yung klase obedience is always anxious, you're always insecure, and you're always selfish, motivated. Let me explain. Here's why. Because, ang mo, gana. Kumenga, I perform, I do this, I do this, in order for God to accept me. You are never sure how good is good enough. You're always not sure. There's always fear. There's always insecurity. I hope the waton goes again. No, because look at me. I hope the waton goes again. I hope the waton goes again. You're always not secure. And dagan kay makristuano na dili secure, right? And your obedience is selfish. Here's why: because you you do in order to bargain God. You don't want God. You want something from God, and you want something for you. It's selfish. For example, mado ko church. Ganon mado ko simbahan. Ganon mo do ko good works. Ganon mo help ko sa poor. Well, I hope by my good deeds, God will accept me. You're not doing it for God. You're doing it for you. <laughs> this is the reason. If you believe that your good works can contribute to God's salvation, my goodness, your good works is selfish. It's not for God. It's for you because you do good works in order, man. God, tanaw ako ang Nanabang kog poor, um, nabuhat kog niyan mga good things. So your good works is a bargain for God for blessing you. You're not doing it for God. You're doing it for you. Selfish. That's the problem with religion. You're always doing it for you. In Christianity, in the gospel, it is this. Your obedience is always driven by secured love and selflessness. Why? Because you know you are loved. You know it's grace. You know you are secure in Jesus. Therefore, your obedience is not to bargain God. Your obedience is a respond to His graciousness and love in your life. There's freedom. It's not selfish kind of serving. It's selflessness. So here's the point. As a Christian, your good works is a result of your confidence that you are accepted by God. If you are a religious person, your good works is a basis for your acceptance of God. And here's the question. Which way are you living? Because to be honest, I met a lot of Christians who still doesn't understand the gospel. In fact, let me shock you a little bit, okay? I met some pastors. Goodness, my heartbreak, who doesn't even understand the gospel in this sense. This is a recipe for a disastrous kind of Christianity. Because if you, if you, if you put works before the gospel as a sense of acceptance, my goodness, you destroy Christianity. Christianity is solely grace. And it produces works in your life. Don't put the works before the grace. Grace results into works. 
That's the heart of the gospel. You are justified by faith because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Heart of the gospel. Get it? Okay, let's proceed to the centrality of the gospel. You need to understand the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of the gospel. Not only you need to understand the heart, you need to understand the centrality of the gospel. When I say centrality, I mean that the gospel is not just for non-Christian. The gospel is also for you and me as a believer in Jesus Christ. Sa kong gingan-gayon na ang usahay, ang pinaka-problema kayo sa Christian churches ron, maglantaw na to sa gospel, no? Kay parara na sa mga unbeliever. Kung kita na non-Christian or maybe visitors sa itong church, mayroon sila, siya na sa gospel. Pero sa mga Kristohano na gani, dili na gospel-oriented. Puro na ingani, puro na ingani, puro na ingani. And to be honest, there's a danger in that. Because when you disconnect the gospel in your, in your life as a Christian, you end up in a danger zone. You end up either in legalistic way of kind of living, kind of Christianity. Now, let me illustrate that in, in, in verses 11 to 13. Okay? This is the encounter between Paul and Peter. Amazing kayo. Kining nga, encounter man Amazing kayo kasi si Paul, gipangisgan niya si Peter. Okay? And this is one of the kind of the proof nga si Peter lagi dili lagi ang first pope. Okay? Kaya naman. Pangisgan, magani ni Paul si Peter. <laughs> so this is what we call the clashes of two great leaders in the history of the church. Both are great leaders. Paul, apostle to the Gentiles, and Peter, apostle to the Jews. Okay, These are great leaders in the history of the church. Both are apostles commissioned by Jesus Christ to preach the gospel, and they are clashing. And Paul is rebuking Peter for something, and this is very important for us to understand. Okay? Uh, I picture out whenever I read this passage, I picture out it's like it's like the civil war, you know? The the Tony Stark and the um, Captain America thing. The clashes is like this, the Peter and Paul, you know? It's like this. Okay, so amazing guy. So here's the story. See Peter, Pagabot niya si Antioch. This is our Christian church, Nai Christian church there. And they mga Gentiles sa Antioch, and they mga Jews. Sa wana mang good, two classes of people, the Jew and the Gentile, okay? Now, before na ako nabasahon na ako na hatagan backstory. Ang mga Jews sa unang panahon, nasa like privilege because gatagan sila law ni God. Katong gingon ako mga ceremonial law, okay? And through the law, they can be pronounced clean. Kay nasa like mga law, mahugas ka dapat para dili ka ma-unclean, dili ka mutatsog patay, kung mutatsog ka patay, ma-unclean na ka. So bawal na mga bawal ng mga food, bawal ng mga clothing, dagan kay bawal. And the way to be clean is to observe the bowels, the the laws, okay? Na imong silingan, Gentile. Okay? Tanan nga bawal sa imo Dili bawal sila ha. Makabothered na. Okay? So, because I'm living a very strict diet, strict clothing, strict like this. I'm mong dyan na bahala. Kaog litson, Makabothered. And then eventually, in, there's a season in history of the Christian church that it doesn't matter anymore kining mga law because Christ came. And Paul said, as long as you have faith in Christ, these things doesn't matter anymore and you are one in Christ. Now, imagine nyo sa mga galagot mo. Jews hate the Gentiles because they don't observe and feeling nila superior sila. Yun sila, mas righteous me, mas holy me because we observe this law. Mga Gentiles, mga damak, kaya nga mga klase nga mga tao, kaya mga unholy, mga unclean. Imagine the clashes. And then eventually, God created the church. The church is composed with Jews and Gentiles. Okay? And it's really it's really struggling 
Imagine the struggle. You hate Jews in the past because they're so unclean, ceremonially speaking. And then Paul said, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Circumcision, this laws doesn't matter anymore. What matters is you have faith in Christ. And the Jewish people, because old habits never die, it dies hard, right? I mean, habit na nila ni. And they impose, they always say, you know what, makabothered kayo. Bro, kabalong ko ni, ni, ni believe ka ni Jesus, okay? But I think ang pinaka-best way para juga makrishan is ka na mo convert sa kasamong way of life as being a Jew. So magpaka-circumcise ka, mo-observe sa kasaka ni mga dietary laws. Kaya ting dili ka sure nga Christian, okay? Muna, and that's why Paul says, that's, not, that's another gospel. If you impose that, that's another gospel. And there's no other gospel than just straight faith in Jesus Christ. You, need, you don't need to observe the law. But the impose, because for them, this is necessary. Kaman na kayong dugay ka, wala ka na anad, o kao na yung anad, pugus ka. Then, nan mamugus po ka, madapas sila mo kaon para sa mo. And this is it. This is, this is the tension of Jews and Gentiles in that day. So imagine si Peter growing up as a Jew, not, not, Dili custom niya, mukhaon og mga pork, whatever, mga gentle food. Kasi yaga adjust pa siya. Pero grasya kayo sa ginoo, grasya kayo sa ginoo, gipakitaan siya vision. In Acts chapter 13, I vision gipakitaan niya. And ngayon si God saya, Peter, don't judge, don't call unclean what I pronounce clean. Because in Jesus Christ, everything is clean. Okay? No longer, wala na mga dietary, whatever. Okay? blood okay? Wala na mga But here's the thing. God. Because he is preparing Peter to be used to share the gospel in a gentle person named Cornelius, okay? So ano time? vision Don't call, you know, unclean and what I call clean because he's gonna be used to preach to the gospel to the gentiles. The gentiles are the unclean, okay? And so, kabala si Peter, ano nga, wala na ni, dili na execute. And so, that's why, in this chapter, nakikaon siya, nakik-table fellowship siya sa mga Gentile breakthrough. Okay? This is breakthrough for Peter. Problema, si Peter, like some of us, or like most of us, kita, people pleaser. Okay? Because napamagyapo yung mga hardcore Jewish circumcision party. Okay? These are the party nga grabe ka-devoted sa mga ritual. Okay? Grabe ka strict. So si Peter na ay tendency, bisag leader na siya, people pleaser ng Japan siya. Okay? Na tendency. So here's the story. Okay? When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Why? Why condemned? Here's why. Because for before certain men from James, these are Jewish professing Christians, he was eating with the Gentiles. So si Peter, imagine a scene. Ah, mga Gentiles, kaoban si Peter. Maybe si Peter na kayo, hmm, lamit mo na yung pork, okay? Nice kayo, okay? Nice mo na yun, okay? For years of my life, I avoid this thing, okay? Si Peter nag-enjoy, like, and na-enjoy siya with table fellowship. Because kung magkikaon ka sa kaoban, like Gentiles, you are accepting them. Because table fellowship is a sign of acceptance, okay? But then, the problem is, when men came from James, he was eating with them. When they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing this is a conversation party. Pag nakita niya, na shadow sa pasok, la, mga fellow Jew man eh. So ni, balinte yun siya, o table. Dito na po siya sa table sa mga Gentile. Ah, Jew, sorry kayo. You know? Jew, right? Ngayon di ah. 
visiting. But when they drove back, si Peter himself, and the rest of the Jews, dilito si Peter, and si Pilate. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas, so that, si Mr. Barney, was led astray by their hypocrisy. So, I mean, leader ba yaka, influential ba yaka, so yung action ginasunod, right? So the hypocrisy of Peter was followed by the aluoy kayo and, and Paul was so angry. You know why Paul was so angry? Because this is not in line with the gospel. Because if you're justified by grace, apart from the works of the law, why would you separate yourself from those who do not observe the law? That's not according to the gospel. If you separate yourself, when you separate yourself, Peter, you are still acting as if the law is still functioning when it's not. It's been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Next. When I saw, this is Paul, when I saw that their conduct, their way of action of separating themselves from the Gentiles in order to just count with the Jews, Gentiles, Jews, when I saw their conduct was not in step or in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter, Sipas, before them all, if you do, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentile to live like a Jew? And I noticed what it this means, Peter, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. You're forcing the Gentiles to live like a Jew. If you believe in justification by faith, from grace alone, apart from the works of the law, why are you living like that? What's the point? The point is this. Okay? Task, I don't know. Second point. The point is this. The gospel. The gospel does not just apply for non-Christian, but the gospel is a reminder for Peter and us that we need to inline ourselves with the truth of the gospel. The gospel still applies to us, just like it applies for Peter. Because Peter was reminded that the young action was not in step or in line with the truth of the, the gospel. At tendency, magunato, no? Ang gospel somehow, wala ningon si Paul, by the way, ka Peter nga. Peter, why, nga nung racist man kaya ka? Nga nung wala manigong nga bawal jud ang racist nato. He's not using the law, he's using the gospel to correct the behavior of Peter. In other words, the gospel, guys, for us as a Christian, is still applicable. The gospel is not just an entrance to go to heaven. It is a way of life. We need to draw from its truth and apply it in our daily life. It's like this. Think of a gospel. Think of a gospel like a will or a hub. Okay? The gospel is the center hub. Okay? And out of the gospel, there are implications for our life. Like marriage, work, money, emotion. In the case of Peter, racism or racial superiority because Jews think they're superior than the Gentiles. And I say, Peter, that's not in line with the gospel because the gospel says... No longer racial superiority because it's all of grace. And if you're thinking, if you're separating yourself, you're not aligning yourself in the truth of the gospel. So the gospel is like that. The gospel has lines. The gospel has implication. If the gospel is by grace, if we are freely accepted by God and by Jesus, free from our performance, then there's a certain implication for that in our marriage, in our work, in the way we handle our money, and in the way we deal with our emotions. The problem with us, many Christians, is we fail to reflect and we fail to apply the implications of the gospel in our lives. Because we think the gospel is step one, 
Step two, you try hard to obey the Christian life. You obey the principle of this, principle of that, principle of this, principle of that. No, you don't depart from the gospel. The cross of Jesus Christ is still the ground and the basis for everything that you do. Okay? Let me give you an example for that. For example, okay, you need the good news of Jesus Christ in your marriage. Because listen, let me tell you, marriage is tough. Marriage is brutal. Amen, marriage couple? Brutal ang kami on usahay. Because somehow, you don't understand each other. Somehow, at first, katong uyab mo, bago pang on everything is paradise. Now, everything is passed from the paradise, okay? And you don't imagine anymore. And dagan kay kag ma-adjustment, sa una, ingani, lagi ka, karong dili na ingani ka. Ishapod, sa una, ingani ka, ano. And there's a lot of disappointment and expectation. And you need, you know what you need in marriage to work? You know what you need? You don't need a, lot, a bunch of laws and rules and principles. You need grace. You need forgiveness. You need patience. You need unconditional love, not on the basis of her performance, of his performance. And where do you need grace? Where do you need forgiveness? Not from memorizing a bunch of rules or principles from another Christian book. You have grace. You have love. You have forgiveness in Jesus Christ and in the gospel. That's it. And without constant reflection of Christ's love, Christ's forgiveness, Christ's patience, you cannot extend the forgiveness and the patience that your spouse needs. Right? Somehow we think that masulbad rin niya kami niyon, basta kining principle. Come on, it's not principle, it's a person. Because the moment your heart is filled with Christ's patience, you can be patient with your spouse. The moment your heart is filled with His forgiveness and His love for you, you can freely love your wife and you can freely love your spouse. This is the implication. of You never depart from the gospel. The gospel is always their center in your marriage. You will love each other. Just as Christ loves you. Never depart from that. Principles are good, but they never should be a replacement of the gospel and the reality of Christ. In your life. Get it? Another example, okay? The gospel influences us not just in marriage, but the gospel influences us to counteract our emotion and depression and loneliness. Do you believe that? At some point in our Christian life, life is hard, to be honest. I've seen a lot of people struggling with life. I look at myself, Life can be depressing. If you think about life, meditate about life, life can be depressing. For some of you, the depression and the temptation to loneliness, even though you are a Christian, is real. Because for some of you, may ka, sige na birthday, you know, and birthday, alam tao ka, single gyapon ka, okay? Another birthday, single gyapon ka. And uh, the need to have a partner is real and you don't laugh about it because this is a real depression. There's a tendency to be depressed. There's a tendency to be lonely. And let me tell you, how does the gospel address that? You need to ask that. You don't need a lot of principles, book. You need Jesus and the reality of His love and His acceptance and His worth in your life. Problem I don't know. We don't believe it. Somehow, Jesus, cross, Calvary, move on. Somehow we depart from His love. And that's why we struggle with loneliness. Because we don't believe that His real, His presence, His love is more than enough than this world can offer. You know, last week, I have a privilege to pray for a dying person. You know, and pagato na hospital, 
Life is so short, someday we will be at this point in our life. At the end of the day, at the end of our life, I realize a few things are important. And the most important thing is that you have Jesus Christ. That's it. You may not have all this world that the world says, you have, must have this in order to be like this. But if you have Jesus, you have everything. For me, that's enough. And so the gospel reminds us to be content when our heart says, be discontent. The gospel reminds us that Christ's presence is enough when we're lonely. The gospel reminds us in every area of our life. And every problem that we face, the root problem is because we fail to reflect and apply the reality of the grace of Christ in our lives. Any failures we have in our Christian life is a failure to reflect the implications of the gospel in our life. In fact, let me show you something how to apply this practically, okay? In other words, if you are tempted any problem, any struggle, this is how you apply the gospel thinking, the gospel lens in your life, okay? Here's, here's the thing, okay? Show us next slide, okay? Here's implicational thinking, okay? If I'm freely loved and accepted by God in Christ Jesus, I'm justified, okay? Freely accepted in love. Then what does it mean to my blank or whatever blank you have? Should think like that. What does it mean to my money problems? <laughs> what does it mean to my loneliness at this point of my life? What does it mean to my what? Apply the gospel in that area. Somehow we disconnect that, right? So I challenge you, apply it. Always go back to the God who became a man and died for you. Always go back and ask, how does it imply in my life? When you apply the gospel in your career, my goodness, you will not worship the career. You will use the career for the glory of God. When you apply the gospel in your work, in your money, the way you handle money, you can handle any temptation that is faced. You can face. So that's the centrality of the gospel. Okay? Thirdly, the power of the gospel. Okay? Okay, Rada? Now, may pangutana now. After the sermon, you can ask me. Okay? So, I, I know, listen ni gamay. Okay? So, understand how to be rooted in the gospel. First, understand the heart of the gospel. You're justified by faith in Christ. Christ is our righteousness. Kedua, understand the centrality of the gospel. The gospel can be applied in every area of our life. Okay? And thirdly, understand the power of the gospel. Galatians 2.20, I know na preach na ni Pastor Mike, I wanna see this in a different angle. Okay? From the context. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave Himself for me. Now, this is how Paul tap, unleash the power of the gospel in his life. The gospel is not just theological thinking, theological grit, but personal to our life. And if you personalize the gospel like this, you will unleash the power of the gospel in your life. How? Three truths you need to remind yourself every day to unleash the power of the gospel. First, remind yourself, I'm no longer condemned because of Christ. That's what it means. I'm crucified with Christ. By the way, the moment you believe in Christ, when Christ was crucified 2,000 years ago, you, you were crucified as well. Kinsang are you? The condemn you. The guilty you. The sinful you. 
you're crucified. In other words, it means this. Christian, you wake up every day and remind yourself you're no longer condemned. If there's voices of condemnation, never hear it. Because if Christ justifies you, who can condemn you? If God has justified you, declared you righteous. No one can condemn you. Even your own voice cannot condemn you because it's Christ who justified. Because let me tell you, I meet a lot of Christians who struggle struggle with voices of condemnation and tutok sila lantaw silang kaugalingon I'm not like this I'm not like that I'm not like this I'm not like that I'm not like that and they go to church focusing on themselves focusing listen never focus on yourself Christ is enough you are righteous in Christ you're no longer condemned so never condemn yourself all that time Christ is enough because if you always focus on yourself and condemnation if I'm guilty and you try to cover yourself, not and guilty ko sige, and then guilty na buka, and then you fall. It's the cycle of always guilt-driven spirituality. It's not. You run to Christ and you look to Christ and say, that what Christ my Lord did on the cross is enough as my perfect record for this day. Every day remind yourself I'm no longer condemned. Yes, I fail. Yes, sometimes I lie, but I remind myself I'm no longer condemned and I should not live a life like that. I'm no longer condemned. Okay? Crucified with Christ. You're crucified with Christ. Okay, what? Remind yourself that you're graciously enabled to live for Christ. I'm no longer the one who lives in this Christian life, but it's Christ who lives in me. As a Christian, let me tell you, the, the great of Christianity is not in its moral principles. The greatness of Christianity is in this, that the founder of our faith lives in us through His Spirit. That right now, there is no such thing Christian life I think I ought to be like this. I think ingani rajud ko. I think struggling Christian rajud ko. I think ilibil ni mong defeated Christian rajud ko. I think I'm just a Christian like this in the sideline. That is not the picture of that. The picture is that is whatever God calls you to do to overcome whatever struggle you are facing, you are graciously enabled because the founder of Christianity is not outside of you. It's inside of you. Amen? Amen. Christ is in you, my goodness. You are graciously enabled. So no longer a victim mentality, defeated mentality. I'm just an addict. I'm still struggling. Yes, maybe you are still struggling right now, but that doesn't define you because you are graciously enabled. Because of Christ. I know. Some of us are so struggling, but that doesn't define us. us. Graciously enabled by Christ. No longer condemn. Remind yourself every day. And you're graciously enabled to live a pleasing life for Christ. And thirdly, you need to remind yourself, I'm completely loved by Christ. I love how Paul personalized Galatians 20. That's why I'm going to life but okay? I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless. I live yet not but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh as a human being, I live by faith in what? Son of God. And I love, he says, who loves me and gave himself for me. You must come to that point, ladies and gentlemen. It's for me. Not for others, not for my statement. It's for me. He died for me because he loved me. Wala siya napugos. He loves me. And if he repeats that sacrifice over and over to show his love for you, he will do it because he loves you perfectly. 
What if you remind yourself every day in that? What if every struggle that you face, every temptation that you face, every problem that you face, face it and says, I'm no longer condemned. I am enabled not to live a defeated life. And then I'm completely loved. What if you face like that? What if you should not focus on the putting on the putting on What if you 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 don't look to yourself? What if you say, Christ, He is enough. He loves me. He gave Himself for me. What if we change our paradigm as a Christian? You will experience the victory that Christ laid down for us, and the power of the gospel will be unleashed in our lives. This is what it means to be a Christian. It's no longer I you live. You're no longer condemned. You are enabled by the grace of God. And every day you remind yourself, I'm loved by Him. Because deep within your heart, there is a struggle. I hear the story about a woman who goes to a pastor and says, Pastor, you know the struggle in my Christian life? I know Jesus loves me, but sometimes I feel He doesn't like me. Are you familiar with that struggle? I know he loves me because John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world. I'm part of the world. Kind of general love. He loves me because I'm part of the world. But to be honest, personally, Pastor, I'm, I'm still struggling if he likes me because she feels like sometimes she's condemned. But that's a lie. You know what changed you? You know what will change you as a Christian? It's not trying to obey rules. It's trying to focus on his love. And once you focus on his love, once you have security in that love, you will obey. Really. And this is what it means to be a Christian. It means to focus on Christ, to behold the beauty of Christ. Tim Keller, I want to leave with this last quotation. He says, Only when I see myself as completely loved and holy in Christ will I have the power to repent with joy, conquer my fears, and obey the one who did this all for me. Only when I'm secure. Are you secure? Where do you look up to tonight? I'm asking you a question. Do you look always in yourself? Or you look up to Christ? Whenever you feel tempted, struggled, guilty, condemned, struggling, looking to yourself will lead to disaster. Look to the one the beautiful Savior, the God who is forever merciful and gracious, who always invites us is, come, look at me, I'm enough for whatever is lacking in your life. Trust me. Let Christ's righteousness be your righteousness. Stand on it every day. Not on your righteousness. Stand on it every day on His righteousness. Live from His righteousness, not from your failing righteousness. Because if you ask me, I always fail. I do some things I should not be doing, but Christ is my righteousness and enables me to live a righteous life. Can we pray? Father, we come to you tonight. Thank you for reminding us of the power of the gospel, the centrality of the gospel, and the heart of the gospel in our lives. Lord, um, I don't know how it landed this truth in our hearts, but we can trust your spirit to 
take this truth, this reality, and lay it down in our heart. Wherever we are struggling, wherever we are not believing you, not applying, not appropriating the reality and the truth of the grace of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that you enable us to trust, you enable us to embrace, enable us not to look upon ourselves, but to look upon you, God. To look upon you, Christ, Lord, as our wonderful Savior, as our forever righteousness, not just to enter heaven, but a daily righteousness we have. So that we, even when we pray, we have confidence to pray because we are righteous in Christ. Even when we serve, we're not serving out of bargaining. We're serving out of graceful, gracious gratitude in our hearts. So Lord, I'm praying, grant us confidence. Enable us to look away from ourselves. To look up, gazing continually to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this I pray. All God's people said... Amen.